Hello and welcome to the Yarniacs podcast. This is episode number 268, which we are recording on Tuesday, April 19th, 2022. I'm Gail. And I'm Charlene. And we are at one of our favorite outdoor recording areas, which is the local golf course. So hopefully there will be birds and maybe a frog or two. Yes. <laughs> I've been hearing woodpeckers. And we've seen a hawk already. And this is where we saw turkeys last time we were here, yeah, too. So you just never yeah. know what you're going to hear. <laughs> All right. What are you wearing? I am actually officially wearing a sweater right now. And <laughs> I am wearing my Granito, which is a pattern by Hohi Locatelli. And the pattern page for Granito describes it as a basic sweater with a relaxed fit and big pockets on the sides. It's the perfect garment for lounging and relaxing, which it really is. I have determined that, yes, this is the perfect garment for lounging and relaxing. The fact that I made mine in a merino cashmere silk blend helps a bit <laughs> as well, because it is a luxurious yarn, very soft. I have been wearing this sweater for the past little while a lot wearing it just at home as the big sweatshirt sweater wearing it out of the house and it's comfy and perfect for the weather that we are having right now in fact i've noticed very recently that i need to depill it a bit so that will be the next task i think to depill this I think that's a good sign. It shows that you're yes, wearing it and loving absolutely, it and appreciating it. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think we should embrace the pill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and at the Knockers retreat, which I attended this past weekend, in fact, one of our friends, retreat attendee Sarah, was wearing her granito. And it put me in the mind of knitting another one. So... I have been discussing that with Gail by text for the mm -hmm. last 12 hours or so <laughs> about my possible yarn selections from my stash. And I right now I'm leaning towards making a summer version out of Coast. Brilliant idea. We'll see if it happens. <laughs> I sense that it will. <laughs> yeah, I think so, because I need to cast on something new. So that is Granito by Hohi Locatelli. What are you wearing, Gail? At the moment, I'm wearing one of my boxies, also by Hohi Locatelli, but that's not what I want to talk about because this weekend I am going to Spokane because my grandson will be one year old already, which is kind of staggering <laughs> and mind-blowing, and I am going to wear my tutu and my Magnolia Chunky Cardi, which I knit shortly after the pandemic began, so I haven't had an opportunity to wear them anywhere in public, so... Party I'm clothes. so excited. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And that is a sweater by Camilla Vlad. And I knit it with two strands of Madeline Tosh, Tosh Merino Light in the Molly Ringwald colorway held doubled. And it's a really cute sweater. It's cropped and slightly oversized, which is perfect because my tutu is high-waisted. And it has very beautiful sparkly buttons that were a gift from our friend Susan. So there's a little bit of knitter love knit into the sweater or yeah. sewn on with the buttons. And it's very, very me. <laughs> it's a little bit extra with the, with the tutu. <laughs> and I even asked Alex, I said, 
I don't know. What about the tutu? I said, because Olivia will like it, right? She yeah. said, oh, you've got to get bring the tutu. So now I have to bring a bigger suitcase just to fit the skirt into the suitcase. I don't know. You might have to bring one for her, too. Uh, she, she has her own swingy dresses. Oh, okay. She's very into dresses right now. Yeah. So I think she's covered, but you never know. Okay. Maybe we'll have to go tutu shopping <laughs> while I'm there. So that is the Magnolia Chunky Cardi by Camilla Vlad. What have you been stocking? Well, first I wanted to mention a pattern that we have been discussing on our Zoom calls for the past few weekends. It's called the Newborn Vertebrae, and it's a pattern by Kelly Van Niekirk. And it's not that I'm going to be knitting this one, but Mary on our Zoom calls is going to be knitting it. And because so many of us have knit it in the past, I thought it was a good good pattern to revisit. Good idea. Yeah, so the Newborn Vertebrae pattern... Right now, there are over 6,000 completed projects on Ravelry. So you know it must be a winner if there's that many successful projects out there. And the newborn vertebrae is a tiny sweater that only takes 200 to 220 yards of fingering weight yarn. It's a, when I say a frontless cardigan, what that means is the edges of the cardigan come to... Oh, I don't know. Armpit? Would that be about right? Roughly, it, it, yeah. It, it comes over your shoulders like a traditional cardigan, but it just doesn't have fronts that overlap or meet. And the reasoning for that is because it will be easier to, number one, change a baby without a front, without a front on the cardigan. It's also more easy to place a newborn in a carrier, a baby carrier, one of those little front strap baby carriers or a baby car seat that has the big buckles that go over the front. There's also a for purchase version of the sweater that has a larger range of baby sizes as well. So older babies, whereas the newborn is just really a teeny tiny size as mm -hmm. you can tell by a pattern that only takes 200 yards that's a really quick tiny little garment and then there's a mama sized version as well yeah i think it's called the mama, mama vertebrae, vertebrae? okay sure, yeah. yeah which is brilliant if you're breastfeeding because yes, then yeah exactly. it's out of the way exactly and then the thought is also if you're a baby carrying mom and you have the front pack on you can be right next to your, you know, right. The baby is right up against you instead of up against your garment. So, yes, which is not only sweet, but it's also helpful if you're boiling over yes. with the new, <laughs> the newborn mom hormones and all the things that are happening. That's it gets true. a little hot with the baby That's right up true. against you. Yeah. That's very true. I remember that. Being yeah. Like, <gasps> yeah. Yeah. So that is the newborn vertebrae, the baby vertebrae and the mama vertebrae or mommy vertebrae. I can't remember which word is used. And then the second thing I am stocking is a garment that I have not seen made out of knitted fabric before, but in the pictures, it works so well. These are called cotton culottes. 
And my only immediate issue with this pattern is that it is for kid sizes only. Rude. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Because let me tell you, these big, flowy culottes, it looks like a great knit for summer. I would totally make these. The, The photos just look, it's big and flowy and comfy drawstring waist. I really like it. So Cotton Culottes is a pattern by Katharina von Blumenthal. And it's knit in Pima cotton yarn. Just, yes, loose and flowy drawstring culotte pants. Let's all ping her and ask her to make them in adult sizes. I love them. And the interesting thing, I looked for an adult garment similar and I could not find one. On Ravelry. Interesting. So there's a pattern hole somewhere. Yes. <laughs> for good someone. Point. And I want it just like the kids' ones because yeah. they're really cute, loose fitting. I would wear them. I would make them. We should seriously ping her because I don't know how difficult it is to grade patterns from yeah. children to Maybe adult I'll sizes. Do that. Maybe I will do that. I I would volunteer to test knit. (laughs) (laughs) So again, that is Cotton Culottes by Katharina von Blumenthal. And then the last thing I am stocking is a funny, cute pattern called the Miniature Fried Egg Crochet Potholder (laughs) by Marta Worzniak. And this one is truly a marvel because of the sample on the pattern page. Now, these are crocheted for 1 to 12 scale dollhouses. Now, dollhouses come, there are different sizes. And if you're a purist, you probably want, for example, you want your furniture and your dolls and everything in your dollhouse to be the same scale so that everything is proportional to the dolls that are living in the dollhouse. So they fit in the chairs. Exactly, exactly. And this pot holder, 1 to 12 scale, fits on the tip of an adult finger. Oh my goodness. teeny, teeny, tiny. So the crochet hook is that it calls for on the pattern page is 0.6 and 0.4 millimeter wow so microscopic size so how do you even work with those so my mom was always fascinated by these teeny tiny miniature crocheted items and she showed me websites of folks who knit and crochet these tiny scale items and yes you joke but they do they knit it under a magnifying glass they've got special lit magnifying glasses oh yeah that you can wear that my mom had one that you put around your neck and you turn the light on and you look just look down and you put your item that you're working on sewing or crocheting whatever underneath the magnifying glass and you can work i've seen those for i think embroidery so i get i get what you're talking about exactly exactly so that's what i mean when i say this one really is a marvel because you look at the pattern page and you see this tiny little fried egg crocheted pot holder. And yeah, okay, everything 
seems normal until you realize that it's photographed on a fingertip and you realize how tiny those stitches really are. Yeah. They look like they were made with something the size of a sewing needle, for example. Wow. And really, what kind really of yarn tiny. do they use? Or embroidery floss? It's a... It's like a thread. Okay, it would have like to be. It's like a thread, yeah. yeah. I think it's a crochet thread. Interesting. But that is Miniature Fried Egg Crochet Potholder by Marta Worsniak. What are you stocking, Gail? Honestly, I have not been stocking much. <laughs> I have not been on my computer much, which has been a delight. So I haven't been spending a whole lot of time on Ravelry. But two things... The first is I want to start an infinity cowl for my daughter, Alex, using an assigned pooling yarn. And I already have the yarn, which she picked out. It's from Yarn Snob, and it's his good fingering base, and the colorway is Plinko. And it's basically a white yarn, and then it has pink and purple sections of assigned pooling. And I want to find a cowl that has ribbed edging, and then probably little to no pattern so that the assigned pooling can do the work. Mm -hmm. So I could just make it up myself, probably. <laughs> I probably don't need a pattern. But anyways, that's the one thing that I was actually stocking. And then the other thing is I caught up in our April thread yesterday in our Ravelry group. And a couple people mentioned that there's a HAP along. So HAP shawls are a Shetland shawl. I don't know if they originated in Shetland or not, but they're typically known as, as a Shetland garment, the Shetland Islands. And I've had the shawl Hansel by Gudrun Johnston in my queue forever. I think since I lived in France, it's oh, been in my wow. queue. And I've always wanted to knit it, but haven't for various reasons. It just has never been the thing I wanted to knit in the moment. But the Hansel is either a full hap, which is a square, or a half hap, which is a triangle, and it is knit in multiple colors. So the center triangle portion is one color, and then the edging, which looks almost like a feather and fan type of pattern, is different colors. It's not color work, it's just stripes. And then she calls it her modern Shetland approach, where you actually, I think you pick up stitches along the triangle after you've knit the triangle, and then you do a knit on edging, which is lace looking. It looks like lace to me. And you attach it as you go to the, to the triangle itself. So it's knit in three parts. And she said that the traditional Shetland hap is actually knit in four parts. And I didn't look up all what those parts were. I will try to find something and link it in the Ravelry show notes thread for this episode, but it's just so pretty and I can see it like knitting it as a baby blanket that you mean to keep as a family heirloom. Mm -hmm. It has that kind of aesthetic mm -hmm. to me and it's just a lovely garment, but I heard that there was a hap along and I think that this pattern may be one of the patterns that a lot of people are knitting and it's just a really pretty pattern, but again, either a half or a full. And I think if you buy the pattern, you get both perhaps. Gudrun Johnston did also just do a re-release of the pattern where she adjusted sizes, I think. So it was also in hot right now recently. So it resurfaced for a while. So 
There you go, the Hansel Hapshaw by Gudrun Johnston. What are you knitting? Well, I'm a little bit embarrassed to tell you about this one. Uh-oh. Because it's really silly. What's wrong with silly? Well, this is something that has just been tucked away, except the the part that I'm embarrassed about is how long it has been tucked away. Okay. So, I mentioned that I had gone on our Knockers knitting retreat this past weekend. It was a very low-key event, and it's been three years since the 2000... 19 retreat so everybody was very appreciative of just being together and the retreat had a very mellow vibe this year and one of the activities that we do every year is we have a big de-stash room so people bring yarn tools books patterns anything that they sweaters sweaters exactly things that they want to move on so i ended up bringing a few sweaters and while I was getting sweaters out for this event I found one that apparently I knit the body of this sweater back in March of 2017 tucked the sweater away for some reason I did not finish the button bands and I cannot remember why I think I just didn't feel like knitting button bands at the time (laughs) I understand I think it was it it was one of those ones that I do remember I was experimenting with different crochet on oh yeah button band techniques and I hadn't decided how I wanted to do it and I I do remember just playing around with it but not ever deciding how I wanted it okay. to be. And consequently, it just ended up getting buried in my sweaters. So that's the part that I'm embarrassed about, that it kind of just got buried in my sweaters and I forgot about it. Although I did look for the project page on Ravelry and I never marked it as officially finished. So I guess if I could have... if if I at some point had sorted my projects by unfinished, I would have seen it there, but mm-hmm. I guess I haven't done that recently. <laughs> well, it's no, re- and no reason to be embarrassed. You just weren't in the mood for it at the I time. I certainly wasn't. Now... So this sweater is called Yellow Brick Road by Ella Torrente. And I pulled it out and I was trying to decide what do I want to do? Do I want to crochet on button bands? Do I want to put a zipper do I just want to close it with a shawl pin? And if I put on button bands, am I doing full buttons along the front of the sweater or just the top closure? And it made me realize that I haven't knit a cardigan where I have to make closure and button decisions in quite a while. Ah. I've been knitting pullovers mm-hmm. a lot. Whereas I used to knit mostly cardigans. Yeah, you did. Now I'm knitting pullovers much more frequently. I brought you over to the dark side. Yeah. <laughs> so I haven't had to make this decision. So I started crocheting on the edging. So that means you had yarn still. I did. Okay, good. I had the yarn. Good. And I started crocheting on an edging. Tried it on. 
And now I'm not even sure I like it anymore. Oh, that's <laughs> sad. I can't even remember what so, it looks like. No, I'm looking at it as a good thing because, hey, I may have a whole sweater quantity <gasps> of purple neighborhood fiber company to oh, pick a new sweater. Score. <laughs> exactly. In that sense, that's a score. Exactly. So I'm, I'm not too upset about it, even though it really is pretty. I just, I think in the intervening years, which included the pandemic, my body has changed enough that the sweater doesn't fit the way I want it to anymore for a sweater of this style. Well, it has been five years. And honestly, I think we are, quote, at an age, unquote, and I really don't like saying that, <laughs> where bodies do change a lot. Yeah. So I have realized I understand that. that. Yeah. <laughs> I have realized that. And you fell out of love with the sweater. I did. So, so yeah, it, it could be an extra sweater quantity of your fiber company. So it might be an opportunity to pick something new. Nice. <laughs> so that is Yellow Brick Road by Ella Torrente. And in my hands right now, I am working on a shawl that I just cast on last night with the yarn that I have that is the planned pooling yarn. So I had talked about this a couple episodes ago because I was, I've been swatching with it and I was telling Gail, my swats just kept getting bigger and bigger <laughs> and pretty soon it was going to be a shawl if I didn't decide what I was going to do. So I finally figured out a stitch that works with the length of my color changes and I'm roughly, roughly cast on for the hoo-hoo-y pattern. Oh, you are going to use I it. I don't know if I'll be able to stick with that. I'm just going to see how it starts. I like the way it starts because it's not going to be hoo-hoo-y by the time I make all the changes mm -hmm. that I'm, I'm planning to make to it. But I am using the increase scheme from that pattern and imposing on it this stitch that makes the little florets with the color changing sections of the yarn. You know what might be really interesting if you had a purple that you could use as a contrast color? I, had, I had thought of that. That would be really yeah, cool. I had thought of that because I think it would be neat to have one section of the shawl with the little florets mm -hmm. and then you have your solid. Yeah. That, that, that was, would be really pretty. That was an option. But since I have two skeins of this, I kind of wanted to use all of it on this. Well, you could even do florette, solid florette. Mm -hmm. Oh, that would be so pretty. That would work with hoo hooey too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's an option. So that's what I'm knitting. What are you knitting, Gail? Well, I have a new cast on in my lap. And I cast on for Olivia's third blanket. So Olivia is now a little over three years old. She turned three in January and she has slept with one of my blankets almost every night of her life. And I'm very, very happy and proud of that. So I knit a tiny version of the Bits and Bobs blanket for her as a newborn that she slept in the whole time she was in Josh and Alex's bed. And when she graduated to her crib, I knit her a larger size Bits and Bobs. And she has since moved into a big girl bed, which is a very big bed for a three-year-old. And I've been given hints that 
the current blanket is too small. So the only nights that Olivia has slept without my blanket were the few nights she decided she didn't need a blanket and she just slept with all of her stuffed animals instead of a blanket. <laughs> but she's back to blankets, so I cast on another Bits and Bobs for her. And I am using Candy Skeins Colorways of the Month for 2021. Last year, she did tonals for her colors of the month that ended up as a rainbow. And I didn't realize until probably May that she was doing rainbow colors. And she posted a work in progress picture on Instagram with the colors that she had dyed so far that year. And I was so happy to see that it was forming a rainbow. And luckily, I was able to get almost every colorway for the year. The only one I didn't get was ruby red grapefruit. So I have cast on a Bits and Bobs that is full size. So it's going to take a long time to knit and a lot of yarn, but I'm very excited because I'm going to do a rainbow ombre. So this blanket is knit in a fisherman's rib. Charlene's in it too. So I apologize if you've all heard about this too many times, but it's one of my favorite blanket patterns because it's so squishy. It's designed to use bits and bobs of yarn. So it's two strands of fingering held doubled. And the idea is one solid background color and then bits and bobs of your leftover yarns to create a beautiful marled striped blanket. And of course, you could do any variation of yarn mm -hmm. to achieve that effect. And what I'm doing is I'm holding two strands of the candy skein fingering doubled. And I started off with two ends of the same color held doubled. So one color. And then I transitioned into the next color by holding one strand of color A and one strand of color B and then transitioned to two strands of color B and so on and so on and so on. So I'm super excited because I adore rainbows. And of course I adore Olivia and I'm so excited to be knitting her her next blanket. And I hope I will have it done by Christmas. That's my plan. But another thing I'm knitting is Josie's blanket. So Josie's blanket is a mitered square sock yarn memory blanket. And I just finished the sixth stripe in her blanket. So every stripe has 15 mitered squares. And my goal is to have 18 rows. So I'm one third of the way there. And I can crank out now a row in about a week and a half to two weeks, depending on what else I have on the needles. And all, all that's holding me up to start the seventh stripe is having Josie help me pick out the colors. Mm -hmm. So it's been a very interactive blanket because every time I start a new row, she and I pick out colors together. So it's very tailored to Josie's colors <laughs> and whatever whim is striking us at the moment where we're picking out colors. So it's really, really fun to actually be working with her to make her blanket. Yeah. So two giant blankets on the needles, both hope to have finished by Christmas. That's my goal. And the third thing on the needles is my foray sweater by Ari Shimizu. And that hasn't been getting as much knitting time as the blankets because the bits and bobs is just addicting to me. I love knitting this blanket. So foray isn't getting as much love, but when I do knit on it, I love it. The textured pattern is so pretty and it's so fun to knit. And I really like the way my two colors are working together. And it's just so, so soft. I think it will be a really nice sweater to wear, especially in the transition seasons. I mean, I should be cranking it out so that I can wear it now, but I don't think it's going to get finished by in time to wear it this spring. Not likely. 
but even in the in the summer here when we have our foggy evenings it would be so cute yeah, over a dress definitely. so that's foray by Ari shimisu and those are the three things i'm knitting it's our first in-person show in two years and western sky knits is excited to be going to yarn fest we'll be in loveland colorado this month and actually it's right this now. week april 20th through <laughs> april 23rd for interweave yarn fest we're bringing many favorite bases including our super soft merino 17 which is a favorite of both gail and i and merino 17 is a lovely 17 micron merino suitable for next to the skin wear it is available in fingering dk and worsted whites in our usual array of brights, neutrals, and speckled tones. Western Sky Knits has a new non-superwash wool Targi base from a ranch local to us in Montana. Targi sheep are known for producing a fine fiber similar in crimp to merino and a yarn that is soft and airy light. The loft and elasticity make Targi a great choice for garments and accessories, calling for an airy, light yarn. I can't wait to see that yarn. I know. Me <laughs> too. <laughs> me too. Stop by our booth to give it a squeeze in person. You can find Merino 17 and our usual array of bases and colors on our website at www.wsknits.com. If you can't be at Yarnfest, look for Targi to be listed next week following Yarnfest. Remember, if you want beautiful colors, look to the western sky. Shasta, Kim, and Heather, I hope you have an amazing time, and I yeah. wish we were there with you. <laughs> Thank you, Kim, for being our sponsor. Yes. Okay, so, Gail, What have you finished? I have finished a couple of things. Yay! Thank you, Retreat. Retreat Knitting ah, Time. Yes. <laughs> so I finished, finally, my Hasukai cowl. Oh! I finished it. I didn't rip it. So Hasukai is a pattern by Hiroko Fukatsu. And you remember last week I was thinking, oh, maybe I should rip it because, you know, you see a new shiny pattern and you just <laughs> want to knit it. But... When I weighed what I had, the, the remaining yarn for this project, I realized that I was very, very close to that point where you stop and knit the concluding ruffle on the up, on the finishing end of the cowl. Because you start with a ruffle on one end, then you knit the tube, and then you finish with a ruffle. So I was very close. So I decided to carry on finished it and it came out great oh i can't wait to yeah. see it it's an interesting little quote-unquote cowl because it's knit in this very very long tube and by very very long tube 36 inches maybe a, an entire okay. yard or meter close long and you can wear it like a scarf or, since the tube is knit on the bias, it is very, very stretchy. You can put it over your head like a tra traditional cowl. And it is knit in this very fine lace weight, so it doesn't seem overly bulky, even when worn that way. I will probably mostly wear it 
as a over the shoulder around the neck type accessory and it's very soft and the fabric even though knit in a tube so it's kind of doubled it's still very very lightweight and fine okay yeah i'm happy with it it's an interesting garment i started this one back in september of last year as a wow. travel knit that was already that long ago yeah oh my gosh yeah time so, warp yeah exactly exactly so that is hasukai by Hiroku fukatsu and then the second thing I have finished, which is so exciting because I absolutely love it, is my Tea Pullover by Hohi Locatelli. <laughs> this one I knit super fast. I don't, I didn't write down the date that I started it, but the pattern I think came out last month and I cast it on right away and I used something from Stash and I even had time to hem and haw about whether I should use yarn from stash because I had it in my head that I wanted a more solid yarn for this pullover sweater. And I only had a DK weight yarn that was quite tonal. So it wasn't my first pick, but it worked out fine. It really did. I think it, it looks, looks great. Yeah. yeah. So the T pullover is a oversized pullover with extremely unusual construction which is what drew me to it and caused me to cast it on so quickly and knit it so quickly. It is knit in two halves so you knit a right half of a sweater and you knit a left half of a sweater completely separate from each other not attached. <laughs> so if you try it on you have one arm and half a sweater on one side, one arm and half a sweater on the other side. <laughs> that makes a very interesting visual. <laughs> it's, it's very unusual. You knit the, the upper back and then you knit down from the seam for the upper front, the shoulder, upper, upper shoulder, upper back shoulder and upper front shoulder. And then you join under the arm and you knit down and until you have half a sweater and then you pick up for the sleeves and you knit the one arm and along the edges of the center front on each half there is what is basically a half a cable you do a mirrored cable on each side and on each on each front piece and each back piece. And then as you lay your sweater out when you're done, you knit an I-cord and then you insert the I-cord into the cables and basically lace the two halves together like you're lacing an athletic shoe. Very unusual. And it looks really cool. It's really a pretty sweater. <laughs> yeah. A lot of the pictures show people when you lace it together, they've tied their cables. And some people made different color I-cords so that they could, as the mood influences them, change the color. 
of their I-cord to change the look of their sweater. There was even someone who knit a two-colored sweater with each half of the sweater being a different color. Very unusual. Mm -hmm. And then you can use a third color for the I-cord joining. So there are lots of different ways you can make this unusual creation your very own. (laughs) And I have to say, Anna Lucia, keep going, keep going, because it's a really cute finished object. It's, it's fun. Yeah, really fun. I had a good time knitting it. And it's knit in, I can't remember if it calls for a DK or a worsted weight yarn, but it's a, a, a larger gauge sweater. So it goes very quickly. Very, very quickly. There's Mr. Woodpecker. I heard him that time. <laughs> so that is the T pullover, and that is spelled T-I-I by Hohi Locatelli. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, two big finishes. Yeah. We have been talking about sweaters and sweater patterns, and one of the topics that has come up in our discussions has been size inclusivity. And Gail and I are hoping to start a discussion about size inclusiveness in the spirit of learning and educating. And we hope that you guys will be able to jump into the discussion on Ravelry because there are probably a lot of comments and a lot of references that we don't know about as well. Because we both spent a lot of time trying to research what size inclusivity means. And there really is no definition of what a size inclusive knitting pattern is. So that makes it difficult to talk about it from a a perspective other than an opinion. But one thing that I did see, which really struck me, is that inclusive means tall or short, big or small, curvy or flat, it's all shapes and all mm-hmm. sizes. I think a lot of people have a, an idea of what size inclusivity means, but it really includes everybody. And an important thing to note is that there is no such thing as normal. Everybody's body is different. So what kind of things are there to look for in a knitting pattern that helps with size inclusivity? Mm-hmm. And we want to educate ourselves and start a discussion about it. Yeah, I think historically patterns have been much less size inclusive than they are today. For example, I was telling Gail that I have seen old issues of Good Housekeeping magazine, which used to have knitting patterns and old issues of Vogue knitting magazine, for example, that only have three sizes of patterns Mm -hmm. that appear in the publication. And part of that is because in any printed publication, their goal is to make everything as short as possible. So if they can figure out a way to print an entire pattern in three columns on one page, they're going to do it. And (laughs) sometimes I think that meant truncating sizes or having fewer sizes, having fewer of every kind of information, not just sizes. But even 
in those three patterns, I remember looking at magazines and it would be questionable whether even the largest size would fit me mm-hmm. because they started so petite. <laughs> yep. Well, and like you said yesterday, Charlene and I have been texting about this a lot. Expectations change and evolve yeah. as well. So yeah. what a petite person was in vogue knitting in 1950 is no longer probably the same as a petite size today. Right. So sizing right. changes just in terms of small, medium, and large, depending on what decade you're in. Yeah. And I think looking at sewing patterns, you can see that kind of trend as well, where the sizes these days for sewing patterns are more expanded and there are more options for sewers who want to make their own clothes in terms of sizing in patterns, not just for example, not just the big four. You can. There are lots of other companies that are publishing people like knitting. People are also self-publishing patterns. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a range of availability. There's a range of choices. I found it interesting. So in our research, I was trying to find definitions of you know what is size inclusivity and what what sizes should be there to be considered size inclusive. And on Ravelry, there's the hashtag size inclusive. Mm -hmm. And you can search patterns by that hashtag and it will bring up quite a big list of patterns that they consider size inclusive. But that's of course defined by the designer when they create the pattern page. So I actually took a look at the top people in that list on Ravelry and saw, and I wanted to see what sizes they provided not just in terms of the size range, but how many sizes. Mm -hmm. So the first one that was listed as the result was tin can knits. If you're not familiar with tin can knits, they have amazing patterns. Love Note is one of the sweaters Charlene and I have both knit. Mm -hmm. I think you knit it twice. And they, most of their patterns come in a range from child to adult. So there's a very large size range. However, they also have... 12 different sizes in the adult range that range from 32 inches to 69.5 inches at the bust. They did not list centimeters. And I was just picking one random pattern to look at by Mm -hmm. each of these designers. I didn't look at everyone. But the 12 adult sizes, I think, is a very important fact. So how many sizes do they provide, not just from what inch or centimeter size to what inch or centimeter size? And another one who actually didn't show up in the results because she probably didn't include the size inclusive oh. hashtag is Yasolda. So Yasolda's latest sweater has 12 adult sizes ranging from 38 and three quarters inch to 79 and a half inches. So very large range. And that's 97 to 198.5 centimeters. And most of those sizes are any, the increment of sizes is anywhere between two to four inches. So it's not always like 32, 34, 36. Mm, it can, right. it can go three inches or four inches, but the fact that they provide so many sizes. So I have probably a 37 to 38 inch bust and I don't always want to go up to the size 44 to get the fit that I want. Right. So the understand. fact that they have so many sizes to choose from with smaller increments is really significant. And two others that 
or I should say another one that came up high in the results is wool and pine. And we knit their sorrel Mm -hmm. and I want to knit the sea glass tee. And they also had 12 sizes of their latest sweaters ranging from size 33 to 30, I'm sorry, 33 to 68 inches or 84 to 173 centimeters at the bust. Mm -hmm. And they also include a custom fit video. So if you buy the pattern, there's a video that they give you a link to that helps you custom fit the sweater to your body size. Because even if someone provides 12 sizes of bust, everybody's body is different and Mm -hmm. you may still need to modify things to Mm -hmm. fit parts of your body. So size inclusive is the hashtag to look for on Ravelry. Okay. Interesting results. Yeah. Yeah. And you were talking about the, did you call it the interval between sizes? The increments between sizes. Like sometimes the size gaps are different for different sizes and for different patterns and the reasons could vary for that like for example if if you have a a column of or if you have a cable pattern something like that sometimes you have to have a certain stitch repeat or if you if you're doing a certain stitch pattern that's let's say 16 stitches or 20 stitches sometimes you have to have a full stitch repeat so that would be why sometimes you can't always say my sizes are going to be two inches apart Mm -hmm. sometimes because of the details of the specific pattern the intervals will be different for different sizes. Yeah, that works for colorway or color work repeats as well. If you need yes, yeah, a certain exactly. number of stitches to make that next color work section work. Yeah, exactly. And grading is what designers do to make their patterns work from one size to another. It's called grading. And I read something interesting, which seems obvious, but I'm not a sewer. So I didn't, it wasn't obvious to me that you can't just take a, a sweater and take it from one size to 12 sizes by increasing the numbers at the bust and the sleeves and everything else the same way, because you would end up in a larger size. You would end up with a sweater with a large bust and gigantic arms, which isn't a realistic body size. So grading is actually what they do to make the patterns work. And it's not a simple process for them to do. So it's not as if designers just, you know, don't think about it. Sometimes it's maybe beyond their design scope. Uh, I do remember a pattern years and years ago where someone had done just that. For Mm. example, they took a basic pattern, let's say the pattern was for a 40 inch bust, and then they tried to make it for a 45 inch bust or something several inches larger and they just increased all the measurements and the comments were you know just because my bust is five inches larger that doesn't mean that my arms are five inches larger Mm -hmm. for example so when patterns are graded these differences and allowances must be taken into consideration Mm -hmm. Because your arm, like I said, your arm is not necessarily larger because you have a larger bust size. Exactly. (laughs) And some people have a large bust and a much smaller waist. And some people have, you know, different proportions that 
that kind of grading simply won't yeah. work. And that's one reason Charlene and I always comment on whether a pattern is tech edited mm -hmm. and or test knit, because then you find things like that out before you are the person who bought the pattern and discover that someone didn't grade properly. Yeah. It's really fabulous when there's a new pattern out by a designer you like, and immediately when the pattern is released, 10 projects or so appear mm -hmm. on Ravelry from the test knitters and they have all knit different sizes and I can immediately see what that pattern looks like on different shapes and sizes. Yeah. I love that. Love That's that the too. best case scenario, yeah. of course. And I also wanted to point out that because none of us have a quote normal body, unquote, there really aren't going to be knitting patterns probably that work for everybody without modifying, which is why modifications when you start learning how to do them for your own body are just invaluable because mm -hmm. I always know, okay, I'm going to want to do more increases than a pattern probably calls for because I want an A-line shape that matches my body. That's something I've learned over time. And mm -hmm. also as my body changes and as pattern style changes things, you just start to know more about what you want in a pattern. Mm -hmm. So some of that is just having knit so many sweater patterns. Yes. <laughs> but I know a lot of people who will do darts for their bust so they can have the extra fabric at their bust without adding extra fabric throughout the entire sweater. Mm -hmm. Some people who will do different shaping if they have different curves or flat parts of their body. And one of the things we've been talking about in our Zoom call is they call it a sway back. And I don't think that's oh. probably the technical term, but basically a lot of us find that there's this pocket of extra fabric at our lower back when we're knitting. Yes. Yeah, like this poof, like the back boob, yeah. like the neck boob. <laughs> <laughs> so we've been talking about how you can modify a sweater so that you have less fabric there. So yeah. some just cool modifications that yeah. you can do to make a pattern really work for you in any way. One designer that I found on Ravelry goes by the name Swanky Emu Knits. And the interesting thing is this designer creates a accompanying spreadsheet that goes along with her pattern file. And you can create a custom size for yourself by plugging in, as I understand it, your measurements into this spreadsheet. And then it figures out stitch counts for you to create your own sweater, which is kind of cool. It's a very cool idea. So I suppose that would work if your size range were perhaps outside of her already created patterns, or perhaps if you wanted to create an interim size between, perhaps it would also work. Oh, that's work. true. Yeah. yeah. And it was interesting because that article... I was investigating different hashtags and one of the articles mentioned the hashtag fat test knit on Instagram mm -hmm. that someone created intentionally to basically um, thumbs down knitwear designers who weren't knitting enough sizes. So mm -hmm. they created this site on Instagram and I went to check it out. 
some knitwear designers post there and ask for test knitters to get a wider range of sizes. And if you click on their link tree link to see, mm -hmm. you know, to navigate to their website or whatever, it takes you straight to that article that talks about the Swanky Emu. So I thought that was an interesting mm. tie-in yeah. to everything. Yeah. And I was also going to mention, this was, I think they mentioned this in the Swanky Emu article. I don't remember exactly where I read it. But the Craft Yarn Council of America is this article said is one of the standards for sizing and it only goes from 28 inches to 62 inches at the bust. Hmm. So even the craft yarn council of America isn't necessarily inclusive. So a lot of designers probably design to those specifications yeah. and that's why a lot of sweaters stop at a 62 inch bust. Hmm. Well, there's a designer who goes by the name Indigo Dragonfly. Her name is Kim McBrien Evans and she defines size inclusiveness as 32 inches to 64 inches, but she says that she will draft patterns if you are outside that range. Oh. She'll send you numbers. That's cool. So that was very cool, too. Yeah. And it's probably, like the other designer, it's probably a, a simple tool like a spreadsheet where she just needs to put in measurements and it will give numbers that she can then pass on to her knitters. Interesting. And that actually reminded me just now, Ann Bud's handy sweater book. Yeah. That also had a similar, I remember lots that. of tables in it were mm -hmm. based on your gauge and your sizing. Yeah. You could look on the table and see how many stitches yeah. to do, but those weren't very shapely sweaters. They were more standard kind right. of blocks. Right. But interesting but that it's same ties kind in. of thing. Mm -hmm. I don't remember what the size is, how far on either, you know, at the what the end ranges were for those sizes. I don't either. Yeah. But like sewing, I feel knitters too have to take on a certain responsibility to learn your preferences in how you like garments to fit and how to create those preferences for your own garments. Like sewists, I think, have done this forever. Mm -hmm. They'll create, they'll take a pattern and they'll know that they want to add darts or they want to add a pleat or they want to add more ease to a certain part of the pattern. And as knitters, that's part of our responsibility too, to learn how to shape something to our preference. And a good way to find out how to do that is to stop into our group because a lot of people in our group have done that for themselves, not created a muslin per se, but taken a sweater pattern and figured out how to modify it. So if you have a question, pop it into our Ravelry group, mm -hmm. and I know you will get answers from very, very experienced knitters. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's harder to create a muslin kind of thing yeah, with knitting, me. because just because of the labor involved mm -hmm. and the time, of course. But one of the resources that can be a value invaluable if you have it is other knitters just get together with other knitters and look at their sweaters and ask questions see how they make things talk to other knitters who have a shape a body shape similar to yours mm -hmm. look at knitters who have 
a body shape similar to yours on Ravelry. Look at those projects. Stock those projects. Stock those those knitters who have a body like yours and look through their projects. You can friend people on Ravelry, even if you don't know them. If you friend somebody you don't know, usually it's because you want to follow their projects. So you can always follow a knitter who has a body type similar to yours. You can follow a knitter who creates sweaters that you like and look at their comments and that kind of thing. Basically study. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Yep. And oftentimes, if you're looking at a knitter who's very experienced, you can even ask them questions, you know, not they're not going to give you tutorials probably, but they probably learned it from a source that they can point you to. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of great blogs out there, a lot of great YouTube videos. There are lots of resources and it's hard to know which ones are the good ones, but the good knitters usually know. Yeah. So hopefully you guys will join us in a discussion on Ravelry and help us learn more about the subject. And if you guys have great resources for modifications that you use, please share them and let the rest of us know, because I would love, for example, to get less fabric in the mid back area Mm -hmm. and things like that, and maybe find a way to do a line shaping that isn't always the same thing. And there are just lots of modifications that I probably don't even know about that I would really like to try. Yeah. So please do share with us in the Ravelry group. And I'm just interested in learning more about this. We definitely want to learn and we all want to make garments that we love and wear a lot and that fit us well. And And we feel good in. Yes. We want to rock those things. Exactly. Exactly. So let's help each other get there. Thank you for listening. Happy Happy knitting. knitting. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. You can find our podcast on iTunes at Yarniax Podcast. Visit our blog with show notes at yarniax.com. We have a friendly and engaging Yarniax Podcast Ravelry group. My Ravelry name is Knitter Ninja Shar. Gail's is Gailey Whaley. You can follow us on Twitter at Yarniacs or on Instagram at Yarniac and at Gailey Whaley.